Welcome to Marketing as a Foreign Language. This the 295th episode of the show. Main story today coming to us from TechCrunch.com. Twitter is testing a new anti-abuse feature called Safety Mode. Now, my kids are on restricted mode within YouTube, and I still will walk by and think to myself, this is allowed on this mode. Um, the fine folks at Twitter are doing their best, obviously, to uh, make the internet a safer place. How exactly do we do that? Well, we'll find out. Also today, Google pushes its return to the office back to 2022, which I am definitely in favor of. I suppose there are people out there that are sad that they're not back in the office. I'm sure these people exist. I am not one of them. I think less cars on the roads means less accidents, which ultimately is less pain. And the less pain in the world, the better, as far as I am concerned. Maybe I don't understand suffering as well as I should. Google Calendar will break down how much of your work is spent in meetings. How funny is that? There's a way you can go into Google Calendar and it'll say, yeah, you're spending three-fourths of your business life in meetings or whatever that fraction happens to be. Facebook pledges $150 million in, to build affordable housing in the Bay Area, which is very, very cool. Good for them. Uh, Facebook gets a lot of flack for the things that uh, folks believe they could be doing better, but here we have a $150 million investment for affordable housing. There are a lot of people who commute from all the way like Sacramento, that sort of area into the Bay Area um, to do work that um, does not allow them the ability to live there, which um, is just uh, kind of, <laughs> I'm reading the article, it says it's tech lash. <laughs> they call it tech lash. <laughs> Whatever that means, we'll get into it. Facebook downgraded at Ro at Rosenblatt, excuse me, after Apple takes Trump card, whatever that means. Um, Facebook apparently not being seen as quite a good investment as it was previously uh, understood to be, but we shall see. And finally, how Accenture makes millions scrubbing Facebook's sordid content. Yeah, the world's a crazy place. At times, it's also filled with a lot of love. Main story of the day, Twitter testing a new anti-abuse feature. All links to all articles in the description. This one coming from TechCrunch. Twitter's newest test could provide some long-awaited relief for anyone facing harassment on the platform. The new product test introduces a feature called safety mode that puts up a temporary line of defense between an account and the waves of toxic invective that Twitter is notorious for. The mode can be enabled from the settings menu, which toggles an algorithmic screening process that filters out potential abuse that lasts for seven days. Good. <laughs> there are a lot of celebrities that simply say, I don't read the comment section. Um, there is a certain amount of difficulty in that if you're on Twitter and you are putting out content that is overwhelmingly positive, let's say, theoretically, and you are getting a lot of that anonymous hate that exists um, in the hearts of folks, um, righteous or otherwise, and that's having a detrimental psychological effect, 
obviously we're gonna have to talk about the content that you're putting out there um you know what is your karma which is to say um what can both sides do to improve the situation well in many cases it's quite obvious that anonymity feeds this fearlessness and if in someone's heart they are still in that power mode um and they haven't really flexed that love muscle perhaps as much as they should or they're using twitter as some sort of catharsis then yes i do suppose that twitter inventing something to algorithmically shield the content creator from this is good as a parent let's say you know my kids 15 16 i may want to do precisely that shield them from this toxicity oh how i wish um the core of the problem could be more um addressed uh more than any other time in our society i think we need to reflect on love and compassion and oneness with one another anonymous or not anonymous or not um how do we make this kind of cultural change how do we shift um we're new to this as a species we're you know i think in ages past a lot of these thoughts would just remain in our heads because there are real world there were real world consequences to saying these sorts of things and now the distance has just kind of elucidated the subconscious mind of many humans which is to say that for internet points for popularity i find myself in the same trap uh we will i will say things and do things online even though my face is always attached i, I don't think i've had an anonymous account since the dawn of the internet looking back on it it's always been my name um i don't know if i can take any credit for that um i guess couchmania is my twitch handle but it's still my face um so I, I've lived in somewhat of a different world than I think many folks have. Um, oh man, maybe in the early days of the internet, I had a couple chat room experiences, <laughs> like 15 years old. Oh, that is too wild to remember those days um, where I was anonymous. But uh, yeah, a lot of folks, they, they dive right into that anonymity and they stay that way. Um, and I think for many, it produces this sort of intoxicating effect of living in a in a uh, in an environment where the consequences just aren't there. And as folks live in this sort of consequentless environment, um, it can lead to some pretty dark dark places. So, <sighs> kudos to Twitter for at least trying to do something about it um trying to make the uh platform a bit less hateful literally quoting from the article um in deciding what to screen out twitter's algorithmic approach assesses a tweet's content hateful language repetitive unreciprocated mentions <laughs> repetitive unreciprocated mentions that is too funny as well as the relationship between an account and the accounts replying yeah all right good luck twitter google pushes its return to the office back to 2022 i yikes i have for many 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 episodes now 
been on my soapbox talking about how companies who mandate that their employees come to a, an environment that does not need to be an office. I'm not talking about construction workers. I'm not talking about people who work at a restaurant. I'm talking about tech companies um, that say, you know, we know that you can work from home, but we're going to mandate that you don't and that you come in because culturally that's how we prefer it. Even though Zoom works, um, we would rather literally see you, hear you, that sort of thing. Um, should one of those employees get into a car accident because you are asking them to risk their life um, to burn fossil fuels, even if the um, the person drives a Tesla, you're still pulling that electricity from the grid, you know, and unless that grid energy is coming from renewables, I mean, we're, we're talking about those same old problems. So what liability um, will companies face? I don't know if there are any lawsuits yet, but it would not surprise me in the least to see a new area of law that says, hey, okay, if you want me to come into the office, then I'm not on the hook. Um, I'm not on the hook because I can demonstrably show that my job can be done from my home. And I did not want to come in. You forced it. And um, and I got into a car accident. Um, wasn't my fault. And uh, now I've got XYZ uh, damages. Uh, the law is malleable. The law changes over time. And uh, that's my prediction for the future. We will see these sorts of lawsuits. And when those lawsuits, and when the first person wins, sets that precedent, then um, you're going to have a pretty substantial cultural shift. I wish I knew what percent of jobs fell into that category. Um, but... Yeah, you want to talk about reducing um, cars on the road, reducing traffic. It's good for those that have to be on the road, right? So if we're filling the, uh, the I-15 with um, people who simply don't need to be there, mind you, they may go take a lunch break and go drive somewhere where they otherwise wouldn't. Uh, they have to get to and from uh, that location. Um, I think there's probably an argument as well that the fewer cars on the road means fewer accidents. Um, and by that, I mean um, the likelihood of getting into an accident. I would, I would assume, and I could be wrong, correct me if I'm wrong, um, increases when there's that sort of you're going 80 and then all of a sudden you hit a patch of traffic and you go down to five miles per hour. Those sorts of moments, um, the number of cars exiting, going off of exits, that sort of thing. It just seems like um, it's more likely to cause uh, injury when there are more cars on the road. So we collectively, you and I, the, the business owners that you know, um, can do our part. I mean, you reduce 20% of the cars on the road and you have, you have uh, effectively performed a modern miracle. Um, I am doing my part. My employees do not drive to work. Why, why should they? Why would they? Um, why would we put unnecessary miles on cars? Um, they have to pay for that. It literally depreciates the car as they, as they put miles on it, the gas, the stress, etc. So I think you know my take on that. So Google pushing back its return to the office, according to CNN.com, is, I assume, COVID-related, obviously. 
Quote, beyond January 10th, we will enable countries and locations to make determinations on when to end voluntary work from home based on local conditions, which vary greatly across our offices. Apparently, they'll give employees a 30-day heads up. If you were to just calculate how much gas we're talking about here, you know what I mean? Um, just in this one decision, it's, it's just it's just tremendous. It's tremendous. So there you go. Google Calendar will break down how much of your work is spent in meetings. This is from TheVerge.com under Time Insights. A, a new graph will appear <laughs> and it'll tell you your daily average and it'll give it a breakdown of by week um, how much time is spent in meetings. So again, if you're interested in uh, checking that out in Google Calendar, just look up Time Insights. According to Google's blog post, the features are only out gradually over the next month on select plans. So if you go there and it's not there yet, it soon will be. It was first announced back in March. There you go. Facebook pledging $150 million to build affordable housing in the Bay Area. Facebook will focus $150 million to build 2,000 units of extremely low-income housing as part of the social media company's pledge in October of 2019 to spend a billion on affordable housing in the San Francisco Bay Area. This from kqed.org. Facebook says this new community housing fund will be the largest of its kind in California. I find it very interesting that companies are now taking on the role of governments. Um, for better or for worse, um, obviously I'm very, very happy that Facebook is doing something like this. You can know that as you spend money on Facebook, a fraction of the dollars that you spend advertising on the platform are going towards this billion dollars um, in San Francisco for affordable housing. Facebook, Apple, and Google, according to the article, have each invested hundreds of millions of dollars in the past year alone to finance the restoration and construction of affordable housing in the Bay Area. So the Bay Area, obviously, these, these tech giants have an incentive to clean up their own backyard. And I, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Um, that being said, I don't live in the Bay Area. <laughs> A lot of people don't live in the Bay Area. So the governments, you know, have a have a much larger um, area where they are focusing their efforts to make sure that everyone's getting what they need. Um, not surprising to me that these companies are trying to improve their own backyard. You know, why wouldn't they? So if you're spending money on Facebook in Ohio, well, you know, this billion dollars isn't really in your backyard, right? So it's on the one hand, it's amazing. There a billion dollars for affordable housing in San Francisco. Incredible, right? Incredible. Um, so as we see companies like this grow in power, um, as they are becoming stronger in many ways than governments, um, we will see this sort of thing. We will see this sort of investment um, because at the end of the day, they're trying to alleviate suffering where they are. There you have it. SeekingAlpha.com, Facebook downgraded at Rosenblatt after Apple takes Trump card. This is in relation to the article that we just talked about. 
which is Facebook is seeing a harsher competitive landscape for digital advertising due to a recent Apple privacy change. Rosenblatt Securities downgraded Facebook from buy to neutral with a $400 price target. The firm previously believed that Facebook's user data scale trumped all competitive encroachment on ad buying, uh, but apparently Apple's recent software update with iPhones contains a requirement that users opt in for being tracked, which is um, going to make it a bit more difficult for Facebook to target. Will this change? Will it not change? We don't know, but there's the update for you. Two more articles before we wrap up the show today. How Accenture makes millions scrubbing Facebook's sordid content. This one from Economic Times. In 2019, Julie Sweet, the newly appointed chief executive officer of global consulting firm Accenture, held a meeting with top managers. She had a question. Should Accenture get out of some of the work it was doing for a leading client, Facebook? Um, So for years, tensions had mounted within Accenture over a certain task that it performed for the social network. In eight-hour shifts, thousands of its full-time employees and and contractors were sorting through Facebook's most noxious posts, including images, videos, and messages about suicides, beheadings, sexual acts, etc., trying to get them to stop the spread. We have talked about this a great deal on the show. So the PTSD that an individual experiences when they go through this sort of toxic information digestive process is real. Uh, the mental health issues associated with this are real. Um, the desensitization, uh, you know, they, this may be something that these folks deal with for the rest of their lives, the images that cannot be unseen. Um, maybe there are certain kinds of people where this where this makes sense. Um, apparently, uh, there is a class action lawsuit. Let's get back to this article. This is pretty interesting. Some of the Accenture workers who reviewed hundreds of these posts said they started experiencing depression, anxiety, and paranoia. Um, In the United States, one worker joined a class action lawsuit to protest the working conditions. Uh, News coverage linked Accenture to the grisly work. Um, So algorithmically, uh, we can easily make the argument that a machine going through these sorts of things can um, save the poor Accenture worker from dealing with the worst of it. I certainly am not interested in that particular job. There are many other jobs I would rather do. Um, And yet, if these posts proliferate and they are truly traumatic, then you are allowing the spread of them to folks that are simply using the platform. And so in a way, the folks that are stopping the spread of these um, horrible posts are doing a heroic service, which is pretty incredible, that because they are absorbing that information with their consciousness, they are stopping someone else from having to. So that is sort of a righteous endeavor Um, that comes at a cost. I can't imagine these employees are making a ton of money or as much as, say, the president of Accenture. 
And so, yes, we want to see a machine doing this work instead. Will that affect the machine's consciousness? Oh, goodness. Now we're really getting far out there. Point being that these, uh, that these firms, um, Facebook, first of all, has repeatedly pledged, according to the article, to clean up the platform. Zuckerberg's got a lot of pressure. Um, he's promoted the use of artificial intelligence to weed out toxic posts um, and touted efforts to hire thousands of workers to remove the messages that AI does not. Um, a quote from the article. Um, continuing on, but behind the scenes, Facebook has quietly paid others to take on much of that responsibility. So the back and forth of the dirty job, of the dirty job. Now, this particular article is, oof, is incredibly long. Um, getting into the psychological costs. Um, I do recommend reading this one. This is uh, this is pretty good if you really want to empathize with the plight um, of both Facebook, because Facebook is also suffering through this, um, even though they can make a billion dollar investment into um, extremely affordable housing in the San Francisco area. They're still dealing with the karma of this. Um, yeah, that's just fascinating. Final article of the day. LinkedIn is shutting down its stories feature after a year. <sighs> just goes to show that you can copy other social media platforms, but it does not in any way, shape, or form mean that it is going to be successful on yours. So it turns out professionals aren't keen on disappearing videos after all. LinkedIn is ditching stories. According to Engadget.com, the company will shut down the feature by the end of September, a year after rolling it out. As it turns out, ephemeral posts aren't a perfect fit for every social network. Perhaps with ROI and KPIs in mind, LinkedIn says its users want videos that stay on their profiles permanently, not ones that vanish. That to me is so, so funny. <laughs> We've got all of these different places online that are essentially mimicking areas of our personality. And when it comes to our professionalism, we want permanence. Because when we put out these messages under a professional guise, we put on our professional mask, we think, ah, well, this is the best of us, but the best of us, the best of me. May it reverberate through the halls of history. <laughs> Look at how great this content is. We bask in its glory. So funny. And then you know, um, Snapchat, you're 16 and you're telling a girl that you like her. Like, no, make it go away <laughs> or whatever. Uh, so, so funny. So yeah, it just goes to show that uh, professionally we want statues, permanent statues. And yet, uh, you know, on Instagram, we want to be able to just go in and out and on with our day. Let's recap. Twitter is testing a new anti-abuse feature called safety mode. Good for them. Uh, will it solve all the problems? Of course not, but good for them nonetheless. Um, Google pushing to um, pushing its return rather to the office back to 2022. Excellent. Excellent news as far as I'm concerned. If you are a Google employee and you disagree with me, please let me know. 
Google Calendar will break down how much of your work is spent in meetings. Could be fascinating. What is it called again? Time Insights. Facebook is going to spend $150 million in the Bay Area to provide extremely affordable housing. Facebook downgraded as Rosenblatt um, at Rosenblatt after Apple takes Trump card. Let's see how Accenture makes millions scrubbing Facebook's sorted content. We talked about that, PTSD, etc. And finally, goodbye stories on LinkedIn. Ladies and gentlemen, 10.30 a.m. Pacific Standard Time is when I go live. If you want to say hi on the live show, just go to youtube.com forward slash send it rising. Uh, the name of the show, Marketing as a Foreign Language, keeping you up to date with the business world of marketing, etc. And sometimes we even talk about the soul. I hope that your life is going swimmingly, and I hope that um, your day goes extremely well. Ladies and gentlemen, that's the show. We'll see you next time.